in terms of writing, I'm a bit impatient to get all of my thoughts and observations down. If I could just, you know, talk and someone could write, that'd be lovely. Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. I'm your host, Kim O'Hara, a book coach with a story inside, and I am interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life with a story to tell. Do these folks have a best-selling book in them? Stick around and find out. I know the words holistic and financial planner aren't usually a match when you talk about them in a sentence, but after I met Joanna Burrish, I really felt it was important for women, especially young women, to start talking about where they're not managing their money and getting a jump on it at an early age. I also felt it was important, this topic of money, because we all have these stories that we've told ourselves about you know, how good we are with money or where we're not capable with money or glass ceilings of how much money we can make. We're both veterans of the movie business, so we've got some... Uh, yarn to spin there on how financially uh, broken it is for women. So good to have you here today, Joanna. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. So you were married young to a financial planner and you never talked about money. So tell me how you see that showing up for women in your profession now that are in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. So, you know, I can tell you, it's not that we didn't talk about money because he loved talking about his job. He loved what he did. Uh, I just wasn't part of the decision-making process because we just did what he said we were going to do because I was 19 and he was 29 and that's just how it was. I learned a lot from him and I, I um, can say, I, you know, it helped me in some ways, but if you don't practice what you're learning, it doesn't matter. So I know everyone out there has had an amazing idea at some point or another, but we don't always act on it. Or you know what you should be doing, but somehow we stop ourselves from doing it. So um, I think it's important that as you learn, and it could be baby steps, especially when it comes to holistic financial planning, right? Right. What is that holistic financial planning? Give yeah. us a little, a mini map of what that means. Sure. Holistic financial planning is uh, not siloed. So for example, everybody has their financial, well, not everyone, 40% of the people, 30 to 40 have a financial planner, but you have a financial planner, you have an accountant, you have your maybe attorney, if you have a business, you've, you've talked about what kind of business, LLC, S-Corp, that sort of thing that you should have. But nobody's talking globally. Those three people with you are not having a, a conversation to make sure mm -hmm. that all of the tax mindfulness and opportunities are there, how you set up an LLC that may want you might want to switch it to S-Corp in the future. Um, holistic financial planning also integrates your business team. So your top players, if you have a business, who are your your stakeholders, your top uh, key people, how are you treating them, educating them, making sure that not just their job is going well, but you're empowering them for leadership, making sure their own uh, financial security is done. The same thing for your children as they're growing up. Are you having these conversations when the kids are teens or when they're young? My daughter had a piggy bank. And so, you know, she wrote her first check for fun when she was seven years old. I still, I still have a copy of it framed. It's uh, to mommy for love. Oh, I love that when our daughters are giving us money. <laughs> yeah, especially, you know, for love. Yeah, I love it. For love. Um, for love. So for holistic means that it's not just one lane. So it's 
your, you know, part of it is your investments and retirement planning, but another part of that we don't integrate into basic regular planning is lifestyle protection, right? What are your plan B and C and D if this happens or if that happens? For example, you know, obviously we all know life insurance and things like this with your partner, your wife, if someone passes, you have life insurance. But what if you own a business and you're the visionary and then your CFO is brilliant with numbers, but you're not, or quite frankly, you just are not good managing people. What happens if that person is is not around for, you know, an unfortunate situation uh, in, in an accident or death? You don't want to put yourself in a place where you will have to wear out of desperation, both hats. So there's holistic planning to set you up for that potential risk. So holistic is really multiple conversations that are all engaged together. It's really, you know, women also helping women. I was on a walk the other day with another woman friend of mine who runs a business and she was telling me all about her S corp and how, because she has this S corp, she can um, fund her retirement. She can match her retirement money. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I didn't even know this. Like I have an accountant, like I have a bookkeeper and I'm not saying they're, they're inept. They don't know. They just aren't thinking all the time. Well, let's educate Kim, you know, let's make sure Kim knows what her next steps are. And a lot of time we need to lean on our women tribes to help us, you know, know where we're going to go financially. You know, you talk about, we were in the movie business and you know, it, it was like there was never enough money to market the movie after you made the movie. It was a very broken system. And so we were always selling things to people. You were in that and then you were given an opportunity. And I think one of your mantras is saying yes to opportunity when it comes along. What, what was that in real estate? Yeah. So what happened in real estate, and the story I shared with you was um, at one point, somebody in the real estate industry had asked me if I would help them um, with their office. They were not doing well physically and needed some help. And I said, I- I'm not in the real estate business. I'm, I'm a film producer. I'm a music producer. I'm an actor. <laughs> and they said, well, actually, you are because in the real estate business, there's land or buildings that's property in Hollywood. It's property. That's a script. And that is called, you know, property in real estate. We have tenants in Hollywood. We have actors in real estate. You have, you know, architectural designers in Hollywood. We have directors, you know, everybody needs a banker, an attorney, bottom line is always needing to be positive. So I was like, Oh my God, I'm a, I'm a real estate developer too. So I said, yes, because I knew I could, I was capable of doing it, not because I had done it before. And what, what did it feel like for you when you first started to make some, some money? Like, what was that? What did that feel like? You know, I think as women, um, and I can only speak to that because I don't know, I hear men do the same thing, but I'm just going to speak to my own experience. Growing up as an immigrant from Nazareth, Israel, I'm Palestinian. You know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. My parents are amazing. They built wonderful empires and businesses for themselves, speaking no English, coming to this country with four kids. So that great examples for me, right? So when I started really making money in my own mind, I thought, God, if I get to like 150,000, oh, that's a lot of money. You know, like I remember I was working, I started working at 13 and by 16, I was making $2,000 a month, you know, outside of just working outside of school. I thought I was rich making $24,000 a year, you know? And then when I got to 150, I realized, oh, taxes. I learned about taxes. So 150 is not really taxes. It's a high tax bracket. It's the worst tax bracket. 
Yep. And then being single, it's even worse than when you're married. So I got to tell you, it's, it's an ongoing story. I tell myself that I capped myself for years. Like if I get to 250, wow, that's like when I get to, two, when, I, when I got to 250, I was like, this felt really good because I knew that it was up to me that it's literally our own self story of a ceiling we put on ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that conversation and being aware of I'm setting that bar. Nobody else. I am. Right. Right. And I, I, I know that I, I have a client who deals with money and energy and she's written a fabulous like international bestseller about money and money energy. And she told me, um, she's intuitive. And she said, you have a glass ceiling of like 170 and I hadn't broken it. I was like, damn, I'm breaking that glass ceiling. And so when I did, it was like, there were two thoughts. There were like, oh, wow, I did it. And the second thought was, what happens if I never do it again? What happens if that's it? Like, that's it. Like, we're done. We broke the glass ceiling. And now from now on, we'll never get there versus the thinking that I want to have, which is let's double it. (laughs) Well, you know, Kim, you bring up a really interesting point because you know, there's also that story. I'm sure you had the same conversation with, with your other self um, that you got lucky, you know? Oh, like making that happen again, that you got lucky somehow. And I thought it's interesting you say that because I literally just had this thought the, uh, on Sunday morning thinking, I can repeat it all I want. I feel like I've gotten to that point and it shows in my life in abundance today, but it's, I'm 52 years old, yo. Like I just, it's taken me this long to get to I can do that as many times as I want. And that's an amazing feeling to have. And I I literally want to stand on top of a mountain and just like share it with everybody so we can all do it. Are you an aspiring author burning to write a book? We would love to help you at A Story Inside. Head over to astoryinside.com. That's A-S-T-O-R-Y inside.com where you can receive surefire tips my weekly newsletter, and an opportunity to speak with me about going from desire to yes with that book. Time is of the essence, people. And now back to our great guest. So you see women that are in these W-2 jobs, they're uninspired, you know, and they're like, how am I going to build a business or how am I going to financially do something else when I'm constantly uh, working? What are some of the baby steps that they can do? Sure. That's a good question. Um, I always talk about the and versus the or, right? So, so many of us feel we have to make a choice of, I have to do this or I have to do that. I have to be this way or I have to be that way. You can do an and when you're working for someone, it's a beautiful time to learn how to do something, you know, especially if you're working in an industry that you love. Okay. Learn how to do it, find what they're not doing, and then perfect it. Hmm. And you can do that on the weekends and at night. So you don't have to quit your job fully. You can phase into being an entrepreneur full time. That doesn't mean that you have to choose one or the other. If you're in an industry that you don't like, then my recommendation to keep the end would be, who are you? What makes you happy? Find out what you want to do and then start studying those who are doing it really well. You can connect with them by, gosh, LinkedIn is amazing. Or you said this before, women helping women. Talk to other women that are either doing what you want to do or know someone and have them help you with the introduction. And you can start learning how to get there. And again, it's not an or. You can learn and then phase into that 
new career or you could start your own company. Um, but I really believe in not just having mentors, but having a sponsor. I think having a sponsor is so crucial. So mentors, someone, Kim, that you learn from, you can watch them. You might have a coffee with them, you know, two or three times a year to connect, to learn. But a sponsor is a person that really is going to champion you. I'm going to champion you by introducing you to this friend of mine. And I'm also going to champion you by, you know, helping you with your resume or a business plan. Like it's an action plan versus a verbal plan. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. And you're going to write a book about this. I know that you are, you, you're like, I'm not a writer, I'm a communicator, but tell me about your relationship with writing. Well, I'm just a thinker, right? I love thinking. I'm very philosophical. Um, I love watching people. So in terms of writing, I'm a bit impatient to get all of my thoughts and observations down. So it's, it's, if I could just, you know, talk and someone could write, that'd be lovely because when I do write, it sounds like I'm speaking. And especially in today's platforms, you're limited. You have to really be concise. And I'm not, I don't do a very good job of that. So. That's maybe my own story that I'm telling myself. Um, so my writing style, I've just surrendered to the fact I'm just going to write as, as me, and then I'm going to have you help me fix it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said that there's that, like there's kind of sex in the city type tales that have been emerging for you. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So how that came to be in this whole book, um, Broad Power came to be is um, nine years ago, I was running a real estate um, company. And, you know, as a CEO of a $130 million company, not many women were CEOs, we have a lot of CFOs or bookkeepers or marketing executives or project managers, but not necessarily someone who's the CEO running the company in that realm. So I didn't have a lot of women to talk with about being in a room full of men, mostly, it's a very male dominated industry. And they would talk right past me. They would negotiate or ask, what do you think of that? And they would ask my assistant and he would be like, she's the boss, ask her. So I, I needed to figure out a way to um, command respect versus demand respect. And so I started, um, I put together a group of 10 women initially, all to do with uh, real estate. So commercial banking, commercial lawyer, architectural construction, um, and we started meeting monthly and learning from each other. From there, these stories that we would share, just like like a top level, nothing specific, a thread of, of messages kept, kept, would come through of things that I would help them get to or, or um, they would help me with. So I started writing these um, lessons learned, if you will, from these conversations, as well as my own life. And so... Um, I have a, a number of uh, many chapters of lessons learned, like the and or uh, chapter. And then there's another chapter called No Enough and Goodbye. Um, and then brought it up to broad power, you know, so these mini chapters of shared experiences and what my takeaways were. So that's, I, I, it reminds me of how, you know, Carrie wrote her book uh, in Sex in the City. So before we wrap, um, I would love, you know, for you to give a couple financial tips, just first tips on where women can financially take their power back. Uh, number one is meet a holistic financial advisor. Just have a conversation. So often people say, I'm not ready yet, Joanne. I'm not making enough money. That's not where you need to start or have to start, ladies. We, we can start just with a conversation to understand where you are today, 
and how you want to live your life and have that holistic financial planner help you be, you know, in control of your success. So just have a conversation to know what options you do have. Um, and then in terms of holistic taxes, understanding knowledge on taxes is, is such a big key to a really long-term plan where you don't have to run out of money. <laughs> so taxes and knowledge uh, with a holistic financial planner and a good accountant. I think those are really good places to start. Fantastic. And I think you drive a really important point home is you don't have to have been made the big money. It's almost like when you've made the big money, it's not, it's too late, but meeting someone like yourself, who's willing to have an open door, who's willing to have the conversation can be enormously pivotal in how you save money and where you invest your money in your business. So for them to go do that before they even get wealthy is really important. Well, think of it this way, as my real estate brain will say, if you build it, they will come. So if you build the plan so that when the money comes, it's going to land in a mindful and very tax mindful way, hence making it very holistic. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming and spending your time here today. I feel I feel blessed that you're sharing this knowledge out into the world. So we as women can rise because when we have money, we make change. We absolutely do. And statistically, you know, they say 80% of women want to work with a female advisor. Um, so that's wonderful news. Um, but yeah, broad power. Broad power. You've been listening to You Should Write a Book About That. If you enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe or review on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify, and Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts.